Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show today. We are discussing compulsive shopping disorder today, which is also known as compulsive buying disorder. And this is not just the low level, I really love shopping, but more when your shopping becomes you know, a significant problem to the point of being a clinically diagnosed uh, problem. And we want to delve into that today and, uh, and have a look at what's involved in compulsive shopping disorder. Do you know anyone that has it, Beck? Um, I don't know anyone who is has been officially diagnosed. My cl- usually my clients who are compulsively acquiring have hoarding disorder, mm-hmm. and so it's the hoarding disorder that causes the compulsive acquisition. So uh, I have definitely had clients that um, do love to shop, but I'm not sure whether they've had an official diagnosis or not. But there'd be some that for sure would be would have been close to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when it comes to actual diagnosis, I think quite often it ends up being categorised under impulse control disorders, so in that same zone as um, things like OCD and, you know, uh, other disorders where it's about being able to uh, control your urges. Um, So quite Mm. often they get bundled together and then if there's other disorders that are present, either mental health or things like anxiety, quite often um, they all get kind of put in one pile so it's hard to know uh, exactly Um, but I mean effectively compulsive buying disorder and it's also called now I'm going to say oniomania which is probably very Australian way to say that but it's spelled O-N-I-O mania but then I think of the word onion and think is it oniomania oniomania (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I probably should have uh, looked up Google I think I think I would go with oniomania. Oniomania. Okay, let's go yeah. with that. And basically it's a ongoing and insatiable urge to buy things, but to the point where it results in adverse consequences. So, you know, all of yeah. us have been known to have a bit of a shopping spree, but compulsive buying disorder is more about, you know, when it starts to negatively impact your life. It's characterized in the DSM as an excessive desire for acquisition and an inability to control the purchase of the new objects, despite the awareness of the inappropriateness of the behaviour. So people are aware that it's it's not ideal or that there's going to be adverse Unhelpful. consequences to mm. the to the purchasing, but they do it anyway, which is different to other people that, you know, maybe have some kind of other illnesses where they don't realise that compulsive buying is a bad thing. Um, these people yeah. know it is not ideal and, and they know it's going to affect them adversely, but they do it anyway. But they can't not do it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So some of the characteristics of compulsive shopping disorder, obviously, as you've already mentioned, there is that impulse control problem. Yeah, and quite often it correlates as well with having low self-esteem. So the buzz that you get from shopping is a bonus but also I guess there must be something in there that feeds you know your desire of worthiness and having you know improving your your general feeling which makes sense given that we're always told Mm. that buying things makes us happier (laughs) yeah or better 
And quite often there's a there's a preoccupation with shopping for unneeded items and the people that, that suffer with this end up spending a really large amount of time doing research on the items that they're looking for and the shopping for those uh-huh. items. So it's not just that they spend a lot of time in shopping malls, walking around and acquiring things. They might decide that they want that watch and they'll spend a lot of time researching, looking, comparing prices maybe or do they have it at this store? Do they have it at that store? What other colours does it come in? Who else wears it? Does anyone famous wear it? You know, like they do a whole swag of research oh. over something that they don't necessarily need but they, you know, become, kind of become they quite fixated. Because I always see... I've always see compulsive shopping and, again, I d- didn't know a lot about the disorder but the compulsive shopping sort of behaviours, I always see that as I- impulsive, buying things when you see them because you see them and then you have to have them. So I didn't realise that the disorder involved premeditated purchasing yeah. as well. Well, like, yeah, and I think it, I think it's both, both but the impulsivity also comes with the like that they might just see someone wearing it on a TV show and have the impulse to acquire that item and then they'll do the research and then they'll buy it. So it's quite, you know, can be quite premeditated, but the impulsivity is not just in the picking it up and putting it in their trolley. It's also in the seeing something and deciding they want it. There's also, and this is probably tied in with the uh, low self-esteem, you know, that they have a general vulnerability to negative emotions and to cultural influence, like we said, and find it just impossible to resist the purchase like you know we've all been there where you see something you think oh I really want it I know I shouldn't I haven't put the money away or I've already got one of those and I shouldn't oh it's like they either don't have the self-talk or just have an inability to resist acquiring the item Mm. and that must make life very difficult I think yeah for sure I was thinking as you were talking as well it's sort of in these definitions, they talk about unneeded items. And with a lot of clients that I've had, it's actually, they actually acquire unwanted things. So they actually want to buy the thing, but they don't want the thing. Mm. Does that make sense? Like they want to, they want the shopping process to happen, but they don't want the thing at the end of it it's kind of like people who who steal have compulsively steal they often don't want the thing but they just want the The feeling that comes with stealing it yeah Yeah. and I'm just thinking that perhaps with I don't know if it's part of this definition you've done more research than me but whether or not it's actually unwanted items as well because there are a lot of things that I have unearthed at my clients homes where they have not remembered purchasing it or they've purchased it and they've said oh i I didn't actually want that. It was just a, a really good bargain and I thought maybe I could find someone to give it to later. And um, I'm wondering if that's part of it as well. I don't. I think most of the data and the, you know, details that come out about this, certainly from the research I've done online, do talk about unneeded. So I think there is a mm. genuine desire. I don't know if the desire is around just the buying behavior, like whether it's just around that dopamine hit of purchasing um, or if it's about, you know, the full acquisition. So the purchasing and, you know, the taking home or the, you know, possession of the item. Um, But yeah, it certainly does all refer to items being unneeded rather than unwanted. So yeah. Interesting. Mm. Um, Says that, 
the buying behavior is, you know, experienced as a relief from the negative emotions. So because people that suffer with this are really vulnerable to negative emotions and low self-esteem and, you know, uh, feeling quite down, they see this, this purchasing. And quite often it can be in the case of purchasing excess stuff for other people as well, gifts. And um, so then people get a real buzz, not just from the purchasing, but from, you know, forecasting how much someone will love this. You know, they buy excessively Mm. for, you know, kids' birthdays or for friends, spend way more than they should or, you know, is in, you know, expected of them because they they get tied up in that good feeling of how generous they will feel and how much the person will love it. And there's, you know, when you're suffering with low self-esteem and, you know, are exposed to a whole lot of negative stuff, the idea of how elated you will feel and how elated that person will feel kind of pulls you out of those depths. And then Mm. I guess the problem is you experience all that through the process of purchasing and then, that feeling subsides and so you go looking for it again, whether it be for yourself or for someone else. Um, The problem is then it ends up usually resulting in financial difficulties because this shopping and spending is completely uncontrolled. Mm. And that can cause problems with relationships and obviously your financial situation um, as well. Yeah, and because it is a disorder and it is something that people might recognise in themselves but don't necessarily want to go and speak to someone about because people it's something that people think they can handle and manage themselves, then they end up hiding yeah, expenses. because everyone shops after all. So yeah, yeah, that's it. So then they try and hide expenses or hide purchases from family members or friends, you know, and then that can result in problems at work as well um, or at school or at home because of this uncontrolled shopping not only the time it takes and the money that you spend but also the preoccupation with what you're buying um, what you're looking for if you can get it in the right size that kind of thing it can really kind of start derailing your life and that is that is why it is a disorder it is not just someone that really likes all the pretty things they see on Pinterest and wishes they owned them this you know Mm. goes over that that line where it starts negatively affecting uh, your relationships and the way you live and, you know, that's where it becomes diagnosed. So how many people do you reckon would have this disorder? Did you find that stat? Yeah, I did a very quick Google and um, so the stat is that I've found is only relevant to the US but it says 6% of the population in the US Uh, have compulsive shopping disorder and that females are nine times more likely to be affected than males and Mm. I don't know why that is it may just be that females generally shop more um, for the household for gifts for family that kind of thing Um, so maybe if there's a predisposition towards it they're more likely to fall into the trap of you know Um, Pure exposure, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So it's more prevalent than I thought. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we see excessive shopping all the time in our clients. And I'm just wondering maybe more of those people that I see uh, actually could have the disorder than I think. Yeah. Mm. So um, one thing that I think of when looking at these kind of stats and, you know, I've been known to love a good shopping spree in my time. 
And I've got plenty of friends that would call themselves shopaholics and they're probably listening. You're probably listening going, is this? So hang on now, do I have compulsive (laughs) shopping disorder? And this was something I found when I was at uni is every time I heard about a new disorder, I diagnosed (laughs) someone that I knew and I would go home on the weekends and I'd be like, oh, mum, I think so-and-so, I think Aunt Kathy's got uh, schizophrenia and mum would be like, what? Because she meets like one of the symptoms. I'm like, yeah. And then the next week I'd learn about another disorder. Oh, I think Uncle Fred has got. And mum was like, stop. Like everyone in our family had disorders because you would hear something and you go, I can relate to that. You know, you grab to it. Yeah. You grab yeah. On. Someone might hear what we've just said and said, you know, loves shopping, loves the buzz, hides expenses and thinks, oh no, I'm a compulsive shopper. Being a um, or having compulsive shopping disorder or compulsive buying disorder is not the same as being a shopaholic. Um, Many people love shopping, get a buzz, get that dopamine high from purchasing something new and plenty of people have a tendency to spend too much occasionally when they're on the spree and I have definitely done this before. That is not the same as suffering from compulsive shopping or compulsive buying disorder. So I want to run through a few things few uh, identifiers I guess so that you know if you can relate to these you know that you know you might have a problem and it might be something worth investigating more and talking to someone about Hmm. so the first one is when you are spending more than you can afford and we you know like I love a good Christmas sale usually right you know after Christmas post Christmas sales I should say um and but I write a list for months beforehand of the things that I think we need or that are wearing out that I want to replace. But if if we've travelled or it's been a big Christmas and we can't afford it, then either I don't go or I only spend within the budget I've set. So when you find yourself maybe not just once but repeatedly spending more than you can afford at the time, even mm. though you know you can't afford it, then, you know, that could be a bit of a red flag. Yeah, so it's when that that natural boundary or that natural limit of your budget is ignored because of the compulsion. Mm. Um, another way you might, you know, realise that you've got a problem is when you have ongoing feelings of anxiety and guilt about your shopping behaviour, not just I spent too much at the stores today, I feel a bit bad, and in a month, you know, it's completely off your radar, but when mm. this happens again and again, and you are constantly in this, this state of anxiety or tension about, uh, I've bought too much, I've spent too much, we can't afford it. What do I do? I feel really bad. Oh, I might go and shop mm. to make myself feel better. Now I feel really, really bad. You know, like that ongoing. Yeah. And then you lie, of- so you feel worse because you're lying as well as mm-hmm. overspending. Yeah, yeah. Another way you, you know, might indicate that it's more than just uh, loving a good shop occasionally is when you start shopping for the wrong reasons. So if you feel angry about something or you feel depressed or you feel overwhelmed or you feel bored and your first inkling is to go shopping, maybe that might indicate that, that you're not handling things in the right way and that, you know, I'm not saying that you would have this, but it's maybe worth examining. If you feel excited and you reward yourself with shopping, if you feel grief and you reward yourself with shopping or you try and overcome the grief by shopping, if 
you feel rebellious for some reason and you want to show the world that you don't care, so you go shopping. You know, like if you Mm. have a whole range of emotions but your answer to dealing with all of them is to go shopping, then that might indicate that you're not shopping for the right reasons and that you are using that purchasing um, high as your relief from the symptoms of something deeper. You can also uh, kind of work out that it's becoming a bigger issue when uh, you start to harm your relationships, you know, so friendships dropping away, definitely, you know, partners. If you're lying to people about these behaviours, how much you bought, how much you spent, that kind of thing, and it's really starting to affect your social circle or your family or the people you're closest to, that's definitely a red flag. And even just the feeling that you've lost control. So when you're shopping is just having consequences on your life that are negative, lost time, lost finances, your reputation is dwindling, you know, you're losing focus on your other tasks, you might be losing respect that you, you know, from other people. When these things kind of feel like they're spiralling and are a bit out of control, then it's probably time just to go and talk to someone and say, look, this is what I'm experiencing. Do I have a problem or are there some other ways that I can get a handle on this? Yeah. Okay. So if anyone has seen themselves in that list of signposts that you just talked about, mm-hmm. you just sort of mentioned going and, and talking to someone. So what are people's options? So a chap called Donald Black from the University of Iowa said that two-thirds of people that suffer with this also suffer with depression or anxiety and sometimes it's not diagnosed because you keep yourself on the constant buzz of shopping and then researching and then shopping some more. So you could Uh, be suffering with self-medicating. Yeah, depression or anxiety and not realising because you don't feel low or down or highly anxious all of the time because you're medicating yourself with that mm. with that shopping. So he suggested that in order to effectively treat your shopping addiction, you might need to also deal with some of the other underlying mental health issues that that could be there. And there's when you go online and have a look and type in shopping addiction or compulsive shopping or compulsive buying disorder, there's a whole lot of recovery programs that exist out there. So it's, I guess, because it's more prevalent than we think, um, there's also a whole lot more uh, options to try and get some help as well. So you can find recovery pro- programs like there's Spenders or Shoppers Anonymous, which are like we always think of Alcoholics Anonymous, those same kind of support mm-hmm. groups um, that either meet in person or there are online communities that you can join as well. Uh, but also, Quite a lot of counsellors will deal with this and also um, psychologists and they psychologists will quite often use a variety of methods. And one of those would be exposing people to the situations which they would normally be tempted to buy in and, you know, gradually increase that exposure without having the results. So it might be, you know, I think the easiest way to relate to it is when you think of people that have phobias. If someone has a phobia of a spider or of spiders, they might start by showing them a picture of a spider in a safe place, in a safe room, just show them a photo and let them, you know, come to terms with that and be exposed, take some deep breaths and 
and get over that. And then the next week it might be showing them a video of a live spider, things like that. So the same can be done for people that have this disorder. It might be showing them a whole lot of sales catalogs and then closing them and putting them in the bin and preventing them from going online. Uh, to research any of those products any further then you know it might work its way up to walking through a shopping center without buying anything Mm. then it might be walking through a shopping center picking items up looking at them and not buying or picking them up putting them in your basket and then leaving the basket at the checkout and walking out without purchasing like you you gradually increase the exposure to things um, until people are recovered but there are a whole lot of different methods and depending on how severe your disorder is would depend on what kind of route you went down. Yeah. So there's, yeah, you know, CBT, exposure therapy, then probably NLP, neuro-linguistic programming Mm -hmm. could probably be another therapy that could be investigated as well. So there's definitely some options there. So if this is something that has resonated with you, please just use this as your, your starting off point to do some more investigation, if you like, and certainly don't, don't feel like you need to sit and suffer in silence. This is not something to be taken lightly. If it's really starting to impact your life negatively, or if you recognise some of these behaviours in other people, you can maybe suggest they listen to the podcast or think of a very <laughs> nice, appropriate way to to come up with a discussion about this or the topic. But, yeah, please don't suffer alone. See if you can reach out to someone and try and find some support because shopping should be a fun thing and it is something that's going to be there for the rest of your life. It's never going to go away. Mm. So if you can get a handle on it and have a really functional healthy relationship with it it's going to make your life a whole lot better very true so again if you want to chat about this with other listeners or with us please join us in our facebook community group we're easy to find and we can have a little bit of a a chat about that and until next week we'll see you later Thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.